It's Browns and Modern Gods. I'm Richard. And I'm John. We're screwing with you today. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And where can they find us there, John? Uh, at Bronze and Modern Gods. Oh, I got to point this way this time. I'm on the other side. Uh, for people who are listening on the podcast, uh, Richard and I have changed uh, visual positions here. Give us a like and subscribe. Uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform if you are listening on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. We want to hit 10,000 before the end of the month. And Richard, what are we talking about today? Give everybody a teaser of what's on the show. We are talking about, uh, well, we're talking about um, your mail. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> we have our hot book of the week and we have our 25 year rule. And John and I have also picked some underrated books of the week. I threw Richard into this, into the deep end uh, without any preparation. I was like, you're going to lead today <laughs> and start. Yes. And go. Uh, before we start, Richard, I want uh, of course, we're doing viewer mail. We haven't done viewer mail in a few weeks. So we always dip into the metaphorical mailbag. But this time we're going to dip into the real mailbag. I got uh, a gift from a listener slash viewer, a regular uh, listener slash viewer. I don't, I, before I show this, please do not feel the need to send us things. We're doing just fine. We don't need <laughs> donations. We don't need uh, uh, you guys to send us this stuff. But I really do appreciate it. It comes from, uh, a uh, friend of the show, Dino Pappas, who writes, I feel like Casey Kasem on a long distance dedication, who writes, <laughs> John, a small donation for your collection to keep seller trade to do the same. I wish the book were complete. Maybe you can find a wrap to marry it up with it someday. No idea where or when I acquired this book many, many years ago, I suspect. Anyway, enjoy. Not my genre, but I know you're fond of them. Take care, Dino. Love the channel and howdy to Richard. Hi, Richard. Hey, hi, Dino. So Dino Pappas sent me, wait for it, wait for it, Linda Carter, student nurse number one. Oh, that is definitely in your wheelhouse. <laughs> so me. Uh, <laughs> I used to have a copy. I don't have a current copy, so this is now my current copy. Thank you, Dino. Uh, and a little trivia about Linda Carter, student nurse, uh, a early Marvel uh, book under the Marvel banner, uh, post-Atlas. This was canceled to make way for a new book on the Marvel schedule, a little book that, you know, they were taking a chance on called uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. So there That's you go. Awesome. Thank you, Dino Pappas. Uh, Richard, what's next? Next is our, our hot book of the week. No, no, no. You got to say it right. You know how we say it. It's our hot book of the week. There you go. <laughs> Um, John, what is our hot book, hot book this week? Our hot book of the week is Superman Batman number eight. Uh, we were just talking a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, about DC keys being really underrated. And boy, oh boy, since uh, James Gunn decided to tweet a bit, we've seen lots of DC keys explode. What is special about this one? This is the first appearance of Kara, uh, the implementation of Kara for this story. Um, the cover that I picked for this one is the very popular Michael Turner cover from it's a variant cover from STCC 2017. It's got, um, you've got, um, Supergirl wrapped in her cape and floating above the earth. It's, it's a pretty striking cover. And I think it's the main, 
reason that this particular variant cover is the cover to have out of the out of all the different variants the reason why this book is hot again is because uh, she is in the new flash trailer but she has black hair i don't know what's going on there yeah. um so of course the book is spiking because of this interest not sure why the black hair yeah but yeah it's definitely a dc revival because of this um we saw an ebay sale of these this variant cover 9.8 sold for uh, uh, $800 on February 17th. So it's a pretty hot book, you know, and when I saw this book, uh, this, it reminded me of, there is a earlier version of this cover on Superman, Batman number four. It's a German variant. It's also very, very rare. The last, uh, sold raw was $700 for this book. And there, if you go on eBay right now, you'll see 9.8 around two to $3,000. So if you come across this, got to be careful because it's a, a numbered edition meaning somebody wrote on the cover wrote a number cgc sometimes decides to uh i think early on they they gave it a blue label but um later on every single one that that you submit would get a green label because of that writing on the cover all right i'm taking over move over i'm in the driver's seat i'm <laughs> My ego is far too fragile to have you do that for long. Uh, time for, that's kind of a joke. A little bit. Time for viewer mail. You've got mail. Uh, uh, our first piece of your mail comes from Alan Chu. Uh, and our topic uh, that he's referring to is when we're talking about trading up and upgrading your books. And he asked a very good question that I should have hit in that episode, which is what is the trade ratio value when you trade, is it dollar for dollar? Alan, great question. Uh, the answer is it depends, really. Uh, it depends on the dealer you're talking to, what kind of relationship you have with them. It depends on what book you have. I mean, if Richard was to take his Fantastic Four number five and try to do a trade with someone for a bunch of lower keys, I'm sure he could command dollar for dollar in that case. However, if you've got, I don't know, a Hulk 182, third Wolverine, if we're counting, um, and you want to trade for something, you might not get that, uh, that boost. That's why we always talk about putting a little cash on top of that trade to make it yeah. worth the dealer's while. So, you know, no real firm answer on that one. It really depends on the dealer, the books you have and the book you're trading for. How's that? Yeah. I traded, um, I traded, uh, Hulk 181 for a fantastic four number four. Uh, a number of years ago, John facilitated that trade for me. He actually received the book and did the, the handoff in person. Um, it's nice having a friend in California. Right. And, you know, it's that that book was a straight up one for one trade. Um, it was my Hulk 181 5.0 for a 4.0 Fantastic Four number four. And it really amounts to, you know, it could be one to one and it, it really depends on how much does the seller want the book that um you know how how much do the people in the trade want the books if the book if the if the person is receiving or the trade is disinterested they're going to offer you something less than you may want to accept but if it's if it's a hot book or if it's a book that they're looking to complete their collection um you know they may be motivated to be able to accept more so it, it really is on a one-to-one -one basis uh, my first piece of viewer mail is from <laughs> Broke Cuz of Comics. I, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Question. If you have no emotional connection uh, to some of these books, uh, then why did you 
have them in your collection in the beginning? Well, that's the, this is a great question because I've always said I don't have a, an emotional con connection to many of my books. And that's true. I have emotional connections to the title to, you know, for example, um, Thor 337, I have a very strong emotional connection to because that's one of my favorite, favorite books. But the actual physical version of that book, I may own two or three or four, you know, through the course of my collecting hobby. It's, it's the physical book itself isn't as important as the, you know, the, the book's existence in general. So I, I find myself trading off books in my collection because I may have another interest. I'm, st I still value, for example, uh, Thor 337. Um, but I may not have, I, you know, I may take that copy that I have and trade it for something else that at the time I value more. There are very few books that I would not do that. Um, Fantastic Four, number five, John, John mentioned is a good example. That book is hard, was hard for me to acquire and would be difficult for me to acquire again. And so more, most likely that's not going anywhere. But, you know, on the wall over here, I've got a Thor 337 that somebody gives, offers me must, enough money, I'd be willing to trade it. Um, sell it and sometime in the future I'll get another copy so that's that's what I mean there's there's no emotional connection I don't have I don't have any books that are given to me by my father uh, or you know have some kind of tie to me that I don't want to give up that specific book so you know that's kind of how I run my collection what about you John well I think Brooke has a comics great name is referring to something I mentioned in that episode about trading where I said, I have no emotional connection to Silver Surfer number four. It, oh, it, yeah. it, how did I end up with a Silver Surfer number four? Uh, the reason I get books like this, um, I, I buy them to flip them, frankly. Mm -hmm. You know, I have no emotional connection to them. I get them at a good deal. I press them, I get them slabbed, and then I use it to get what I do have an emotional connection to, like say, for example, Linda Carter, student nurse number one. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I, I hear you broke. It kind of makes no sense. Like, why are you buying books if you have no connection to them? A lot of times it's not to have it in my PC forever. It, it's, it's to turn them around and, and turn them into something I really do have an emotional connection to mm -hmm. and treasure. So great question though. Something else uh, we probably should have mentioned in that episode. Uh, my next piece of viewer mail is from Bear Island Comics. By the way, have you seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's, it's about a bear that comes across like so, a big bag of coke that fell from a drug dealer's plane or something. And the, the bear snorts the coke and goes insane. It, it might just be the best worst movie trailer I've ever seen. It wow. is insanity. I'm going to uh, have to look that one up. Yeah. Sorry, Bear Island. Let's get to your question. <laughs> uh, we're uh, referring a few episodes ago to our question about the Jack White world's finest variant. Who is this book for? Anyway, Bear Island says, this book is for me. And I was thrilled to get it because Jack is from my hometown and the cover perfectly matches his blue black aesthetic. It's going to look amazing next to my poster-sized Jack White tobacco era baseball card, which uses the same colors. Huh. Don't underestimate the crossover between the two fan bases. Yes, I hear you, Bear Island. Absolutely. Um, and I always think music and comics, there is a connection there. I've tried mm -hmm. to make that happen in my other career in music uh, with varying success. However, 
when I say who is this book for and the FOMO, it's because it was selling for cover price when it came out. This was an open to order variant. It was not uh, a ratio variant. And people were selling it for crazy amounts that Wednesday. That's what I was really uh, chafed about. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of day of release pricing your book for 20 bucks. That's a little crazy. But you know, the market is what the market is. The market demanded it. So there you go. Yeah, we, we, we've questioned the market several times over the past three years. And we will do it again. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Crowd mentality. Uh, my next piece of viewer mail is from uh, Brycology. Hmm. Thanks, guys. And you're becoming one of my favorite comic channels. Thank you very much. Great pickup on that X-Men number 10, Richard. Thank you. Uh, your advice to, to buy what you like almost made me buy another graded copy of Thor 209, a very under book, underrated book, in my opinion. The problem is that there is too much like uh, that I like. Um, yeah, I have that problem, too. I, I, I love um, Claremont X-Men. And if I come across Claremont X-Men, um, I will buy them typically, even though I may already have three, four, five copies of a particular book. Because, you know, I, it's, it's one of my favorite stories uh, of all time. And when I find them, I think they're woefully undervalued. I had to take a look at this Thor 209, and uh, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it is an under, underrated book. Um, so definitely pick up a copy. If, they, if, uh, if the book is reasonably priced, don't feel bad about picking up a copy. Uh, you never know when putting books in the back burner on your, in, your, in your long box are going to, is, is going to pay off. So. Thanks for the kind comments. Uh, Thor 209, first of all, uh, super tough in grade because of the black uh, top border of that cover. And uh, yeah, a great Gil Kane, Joe Sinnott cover. Um, I can't tell you how many copies of Captain America 217 I have over the years. <laughs> As we all know is the first appearance of Wendell Vaughn, Marvel Boy, who later becomes Quasar. A very, very important book in Marvel history. <laughs> Wink, wink. The next piece of viewer mail I have is from Jay Andrews, who writes, when they say one in 100, referring to variants, does that mean they only produced 100 of that specific comic? I am new here, so please be kind. Jay, uh, don't worry, we're not, uh, everyone's new at one point, so these are the questions you need to ask and to find out. One in 100 is not referring to the actual print run, uh, like 100 copies. It is referring to for every 100 copies that a retailer orders of the regular cover, they will get one copy of the special variant cover with a different cover. So a one in 100 tends to be a little scarcer than a one in 25, where a retailer only had to order 25 copies of something to get the exclusive or one in 50. So there are even one in 500s. There's also one in 1000 variants. Uh -huh. So really, you got to be a big player like a Midtown Comics, or um, my comic shop uh, that, that orders 1000s and 1000s of books for subscribers that uh, order from them from the mail to get some of these variants. So that's why they're scarce. Uh, but that is a good question for uh, new people in the hobby because every day there's new people coming into the hobby, which is great. Now let me just add one more twist to that. Um, and that's, that's for one colon 100. There are store variants that people uh, produce, different shops like uh, Frankie's Comics will produce a, a store variant and they may only print 
200 copies, 300 copies of that. Book. Oh, I see what you're, what you and Jay are saying. The one slash 100 where it's numbered one of 100. Absolutely. Right. right. So in that case, there are only, uh, and, and, you know, one in 100, there are only 100 copies of the book, supposedly. Um, so if, if that's what you mean, as opposed to one colon 100, which are called ratio books, um, then um, yes, there are 100 copies in the one slash 100 run. Now I can really see why you're confused, Jay. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> What's your next piece of your mail? My next piece is uh, from a friend of the show, Pure Comic Collector. Ah, uh, uh, the garbage bag pedigree collection. Yes, I need I need my own label from CGC. I, for those that don't know, I, I bought a comic book collection in a pack that came in a plastic garbage bag. Uh, I bought the 3.5 Garbage Bag Collection X-Men 94. Yes, you did. I remember that uh, from Richard during a live sale. Thanks for the advice. I'm going to start taking some trade bait to shows. Great show as always, guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Trade, taking trade bait to shows is a, is a great great thing to do. If, if I hadn't had to travel across the country, I would have brought myself some books to California Comic-Con. Um, don't be afraid to offer. You know, you know whatever you happen to have, if you're interested in something, you never know when someone's going to accept it. So it's kind of like dating, you know, you never, you're never, <laughs> you're never going to know until you ask. So it's, uh, it's funny that um, he bought your X-Men 94, because we also got a piece of your mail from Timothy Brandt uh, in response to that, who bought my Yellow Claw number one 3.5 from me. So I'm glad our books are going to good homes. I am too. I am too. That's awesome to know they're sitting in someone's collection. That's a great yeah. thing. Someone that appreciates it. Someone else that appreciates a really good yellow claw. Yes. Number one. Or the garbage bag collection. Yes. I, I will print out a label for you and, uh, and, and ship it that you can put over the COA. <laughs> Your little COA. Like, you know, it'll come It'll come in a garbage bag. <laughs> with a little hefty logo on it. Uh, uh, my next piece of your mail is from Captain Beyond 777. I bought Weird War comics for a couple of years before the Creature Commandos comic. And I loved it. When that issue with Creature Commandos came out, I read it and I didn't like it. And it was then that I stopped buying Weird War Tales. Ah, at least you bought it. I have the first appearance of Casper the Dead Baby in Crazy Magazine 61. I also have, I love this, in Crazy Magazine 66 that has a mother write in the letter column that she read her son's crazy magazine and was so disgusted by the Casper the Dead Baby story that she will never let her son read crazy again. Crazy replied, hey, David, does your mother dress you funny too? Under that reply, Crazy drew a picture of Casper flying and he says, well, does she? I laughed so hard as a teen. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they, you would not get away with doing anything like that today. That's awesome. I have to buy that crazy 66 <laughs> to see that letter column. I love her taunting the mom. I uh, know. To actually print that letter and then respond to it that way is amazing. The the number of people in the comments that read Casper the Dead Baby online after we talked about it last week, um, I would say it was 80% wow, this is hilarious and so wrong, and 20% like, oh my God, disgusting, which I think is the right ratio. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. It is offensive. We, 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 we definitely agree with that, but it's offensive and, and it's uh, – there you, there you go. What else can he say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next piece of your mail is from P. Uh, Chacon. Chacon? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
saw you both at the Costa Mega Con. Wanted to say hi, but I was starstruck. Oh man. If you see us, please come up. Just say hi. Uh, we uh, we are very appreciative of people who listen to the show because you, we know that you have other choices out there. So you want to say hi? We always have time. The only time I the only time I would hesitate to talk to us is in the middle of it when we're doing the middle of, of a, a deal, and when we're doing a live stream uh, on on the, the show floor. Other than that, I am more than happy, and I know John is more than happy to sit and talk to you and. And, you know, to share the hobby. That's that's why we're doing this. The only other time for Richard is when he sees a stroller collection walk in and yes. he runs over. <laughs> uh, the stroller collection. Yeah, there's another pedigree. But uh, P. Chacon, please do not hesitate to come say hi to us. Uh, are we not flesh and blood? If you prick me, <laughs> do I not bleed? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have a transition for the 25-year rule. Oh, back to being lazy. What's up with that? Yeah, I, was I know. So well I know. The transitions. Richard, I picked this book for you. First of all, for all the new people, the 25-year rule is when we go back 25 years to 1998 in this case, they, it's called the 25-year rule because that is the uh, traditional time that nostalgia kicks in. From You have nostalgia for things that you bought 25 years ago as a kid or as a teen or as a young adult. Richard, all for you. It is not Ninja High School Special Edition number one. Uh-oh, adults only. <laughs> I did not know this existed. This is an adults only parody, question mark, uh, of Ben Dunn's classic Ninja High School series done by Ben Dunn. So Ben Dunn's doing an adults only parody of his own series published by a company called Velvet Touch. You might as well call yourself Vivid Comics. <laughs> that 90s adults aesthetic. Believe it or not, there's also a limited run of 50 editions of, of these books. He was, uh, Ben Dunn did these as little black and white limited print runs of 150 uh, copies for Anime Expo when he was at Anime Expo. And this is a collection of those uh, little limited edition runs of uh, Not Ninja High School. Um, it's out there. One copy sold on eBay last month for 15 bucks. Is it a little troubling that he's doing an adult-only version of a high school, Ninja High School? All right, let's move on to our <laughs> underrated book of the week. <laughs> Richard. You provocateur, you? Oh, what is I know. I don't know what to say to that. What are you going to say to that? Of course, of course it's questionable. Oh. Uh, yeah. My, my underrated book this week is is not questionable. Uh, it is a Disney wholesome book, or at least uh, a a Disney-styled book. This is Disney Comics. And Air Pirates. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, Disney's Comics uh, and Stories number 13. Okay, this, this is a random uh, issue of this series. The importance of this thing is the cover. This is an example of the cover makes the book. It's an all black cover with Mickey Mouse in the spotlight on the cover. You can see the brick wall behind him. And uh, it's done by Delato, who is famous for these black and white kind of chalk covers. He's done a variety of ones with uh, Spider-Man, for example. It's a gorgeous cover. Limited run is produced. Uh, this is one of those store exclusives that we were just talking about. This was produced by Scorpion Comics. 
Um, the black and white version of this book, there's 333. There's a virgin uh, cover, which is in color, 666 of that book. Later, they did a foil version, and the foil is limited to the buttons on Mickey's Mickey's uh, outfit. Those are in gold foil. There's 2,500 of that book. I, I I bought this book when it came out. I thought it was interesting. Um, somebody's been snapping them up. I've been looking at eBay. I was looking at eBay today, and there has been a steady stream of people buying this book to the point where there are only three copies on eBay right now, and they're all graded. Yeah, there are no raw copies of any of the variants of this book. So somebody has uh, is seeing a, a value in this. Um, be aware, there are, like I said, there are three different versions of this book. The, the, uh, the Virgin book, which is 666, and the Gold Foil, which is 2500, look almost exactly identical. It's hard to pick them out from a picture because the foil is only those buttons. So you may need to clarify with the seller that you're getting what you think you're getting. The black and white one is the one that I would get because it is the smallest print run. And, you know, the value of this book, um, the, the black and white one, uh, in 2021 peaked at around $300. Right now it's going for uh, around 160, but that was the last sale for that was back in Ju July. There's just not a whole lot of the books of this book trading hands. Although out of the 333 for the black and white, 204 of them and the majority of that 204 are 9.8s are graded on oh. the census. So uh, yeah, most of them, mine isn't graded. Mine's still sitting in, in, um, in one of my, my boxes, but a majority of them are graded. So yeah, this is an interesting book. Uh, I, I, again, I think the cover is what makes this book uh, important and and valuable. You may come across them come across them at, at a reasonable value on um, either eBay or from a local comic book store. Keep an eye out for them. I think this is a this is a cool book. Why was the Virgin limited to six six six? That's that is a question you have to ask Scorpion Comics. I wondered that myself. That that specific number. What does it have to do with Disney? I mean, is Donald the Antichrist? I don't know. Uh, well, I, you know, I will refuse to answer that question. Oh, see, that's twice now that yeah. you got me with uh, not Ninja High School. No, I got you with this. One. <laughs> uh, speaking of six six six. My underrated book of the week is Clive Barker's Nightbreed, specifically issues 20 through 25. If you're not familiar with this book, this was an original comic series for Marvel's epic imprint in the early 90s inspired by Clive Barker. Um, these last six issues in particular have very low print runs. They came out during the speculator crash of early 1993. There is a huge fan base for Clive Barker still with Hellraiser and everything else going on. So these actually do pretty well on the secondary market. The final six issues sell for around seven to fifteen dollars each on eBay in higher grades. Why am I bringing this up? Because you can find these in dollar bins at conventions and LCSs everywhere. I find them all the time for a dollar, and I flip them. Uh, so if you you want to uh, sell some dollar books like Nightbreed to get your Linda Carter student nurse number one, there's my advice to you. If you don't have any connection emotionally to Clyde Barker's Nightbreed, that's what to mm -hmm. do. But if you do like Clyde Barker and you do love horror and you like Hellraiser, uh, you might want to start looking for these uh, and, and get them because they are scarce. All right, there we go. Waste not, want not. In and out real quick. Richard, remind everybody where they can find us if they want content during the week. 
They can go to Bronze and Modern Gods on Facebook and Instagram or the Bronze and Modern Gods website at bronzeandmoderngods.com. If you like this, please help us out by hitting like, hit subscribe, and that's going to wrap it up for now. We'll see you next time. Everybody stay safe.